It's great to be with you. Good morning. Hope you're having a good morning so far. Right. Yes, Haggai. Oh, and we have the illustration, which is fantastic. Uh, the, the rebuilding of the temple. So, um, focus. Limited time. Right. So, Haggai. So many of you will know the background. We need to recap slightly, probably, because we've uh, done a couple of other things for two weeks. And I just believe that this message, actually, and what God wants to do in us through the book of Haggai is so key that we need to really grab hold of this. We need to dig into it. We need to understand what God's saying to us. So just a, a, a bit of historical background. Uh, so you'll remember, no doubt, hopefully, um, that the Israelites had gone off into captivity in Babylon. So that happened in 587 BC. Um, Israel had been overcome. The Jerusalem had been destroyed and the temple was destroyed. And uh, the Israelites, God's people, were taken off into captivity, into exile in Babylon. It was, which, it was a dark time for the people of God, but God was still with them. And then uh, a number of years later, God, uh, I guess, in a, in a big surprise to people, the kind of the tectonic plates of world history moved and the Persian Empire suddenly overthrew the Babylonians. So everybody thought that the Babylonians were invincible, but the Persians came in, found an amazing way of getting into Babylon, uh, destroying their city. And actually, in the purposes of God, the king of Persia said to the Israelites, uh, now, you're allowed to go back. You can go back home. You can rebuild your temple. You can reestablish your life again. So actually, God, God was at work among, through the, the big moves of world history, if you like, um, to reestablish his people. And so they go back to Jerusalem, and they begin to rebuild. They get excited about being back um, in, their, in, in the land that God's given them, and they begin to rebuild the temple. But very quickly, we discovered in chapter one, they get distracted, they get um, the, the comforts and the distractions of life come along, if you like, and they get busy doing all the normal things of life, and they, uh, and they stop rebuilding God's temple. And that is where the prophet Haggai comes in. God sends him in uh, with a wake-up call, really, to his people, and we believe that this is a moment for us uh, also to hear the same message, really, that God wants to uh, bring a wake-up call, as he so often does, I guess, through history, to his church. And so that was, that was Haggai's first message in chapter 1, if you like, to say, people of God, wake up. You are actually not, you, you, you started well, but you're no longer prioritizing the building of God's house, prioritizing glory, glorifying God. But actually, in that memorable kind of metaphor, he says, you're paneling your own houses, but you're, you're ignoring the, the temple of God. And actually, you're prioritizing all the things, all the busy, and boy, is this a message for us in our day, that there are so many things going on. There is so much busyness. There is so much comfort. We are blessed in so many ways and so easily distracted from seeking God, building his house, pursuing his purposes. Amen? And so it really is a, also for us, we believe, a wake-up call to us in our day to say, come on, people. People of God, actually, there's something bigger and higher and more exciting that you're called to. And don't be so easily distracted by the, the things of life, by the comforts that so easily uh, make us apathetic. But actually, remember what you're about. Remember who you are as the people of God. Now, I don't know if there's anyone here who is prone to spiritual apathy. 
No? Is it it's just me? Um, but isn't this so true? We are so, we are so in danger of this. This is so our issue that we so easily get distracted. And so that's why the message of Haggai is so key for us. Uh, we just believe it is um, a message for now, for our day. It, I, I think maybe Colin mentioned it when he, start, when he kicked off this series um, a few weeks ago that uh, we were in a good news for Swindon prayer meeting in the middle of September. Um, and actually, I was sitting behind one of the other church leaders in Swindon, Steve Robinson from Gorse Hill Baptist, who had, we were about to start the Haggai series that weekend, and he had open on the seat next to him the book of Haggai, chapter one. And I said to him, what, oh, are you reading Haggai as well? He's, and he said, I, I think this is so key for us now where we are as God's people in Swindon. Isn't it cool the way God does those kind of things? Later on in the month, so a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a visit in the West uh, from the Bishop of Swindon. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry he didn't come to see you in the East, um, but I think we need it more in the West. Um, <laughs> anyway, he, he's a great friend of ours. He came in his jeans, he had a Sunday off, and he was such an encouragement. It was great to have him amongst us. And when he was chatting to us at the end, we were just talking about what was going on in church, and he said, oh, that's interesting, because I've been reading Haggai as well, and I just think it's so relevant for now. I'm like, there's a surprise, eh, that God would talk to different people from different churches that uh, this is not, I, I'm sure you didn't think this, but it's not just about what God is doing at Gateway. It's what God is doing across our town and across our nation in these days. And we so believe that this is a message that we need to take hold of and listen to today. And isn't it interesting, you see, that in the purposes of God... I guess all through history, you get these big moves, don't you, in the nation. You get the shaking of nations in different ways. So it, it, uh, in Haggai's time and the time that we're reading about now, it was, the, it was the Babylonians and the Persians. And there were all these different empires that were, uh, were, that were rising and falling. But in the midst of it, actually, it's so, it's so easy to think that the church is irrelevant in that. But no, God says, no, the church is always my plan A. My plan A for me being seen in the nations, for me reaching the people who don't yet know me, for me bringing transformation. The church is always, God's people is always the vehicle that he's going to use. And God will move things around just so ever how, just howsoever he pleases in order that the church will be in the place where he needs it to fulfill his purposes. And if it needs shaking up, then he will shake it up. If, he, if it needs nations to move around, he will do that. And that is so much the same in our day, is that not? That actually what we think that things are shaking in the natural, in the political and all of that, and they probably are, but maybe not actually that much relative to different points in history. But God always wants to use those moments for us to say, to, to awaken his people and say, people of God, when things around you shake, remember what is important and remember who you are. Remember who you're called to be and what I want to do with you. Amen. And so that is so the case in our day as well. As God moves things around and, and things are a little bit shaky. And as idols begin to come down, you see, there's so many idols, isn't there, in our society in terms of money and maybe success. But as soon as they start to topple and start to look shaky, then that's always a moment for the church to go, come on, church, time for us to rise up, time for us to declare the truth and, and, and declare who God is and what he wants to do. And that is the moment that we're in. And God is saying to us, as he does in Haggai 1, consider your ways. Awake, be waked up, if you like. Be awakened to what I'm doing, to who you're called to be, to what I want to do in you and through you. Remember, 
Don't be so easily distracted. Don't be so easily are prone to apathy and to prioritize other things in life, but go after prioritizing, glorifying God, seeking him, examining our hearts, yes, see if there's stuff that he wants to change, that he wants to uh, reposition in us so that we can be the people who are ready to use the gifts that he's given us. As Janet was saying last week, that the church is so key and our hearts and our attitude to church is so key and God wants to use every single gift amongst us that we might be positioned as his people to be the vehicle that he wants to use in our day. Amen? That is right where we are. And we were so encouraged as leaders this week. We've been away um, at a, a gathering of Regions Beyond Leaders. Regions Beyond is the family of churches that we're part of. And this week, it happens a couple of times a year that the, uh, we get together all the uh, church leaders from around the UK just to encourage one another and to seek God and to hear stories of what he's doing. And we have been so encouraged this week just to hear that sense of God doing the same thing around the nation and, and among the nations, that this is the day when God wants to shake his church so that we might be all that he wants us to be. We had a prophetic word, a great prophetic word in the, in the West this morning about God uh, seeing the church as a pomegranate with all the different seeds. Actually, it's a, quite an unusual fruit and there's not so much flesh, but there's a lot of seeds that God, and it's a time for God to break open the church and actually for the seeds to go far and wide and for every one of us to begin to be the people that, we, that we're called to be so that his glory might go forth and he might begin to be seen in the ways that he hasn't been seen around us. That's the day we're in, folks. And that's why the call goes out to us in these days to stir ourselves, to examine our hearts, to remember who we're called to be and to build the people, to build the, build the temple if, in that way, if you like, to pursue, to prioritize glorifying God and his kingdom, his agenda in these days. Amen. So that's where we are. Um, The question, as ever, is how will we respond? That's always the question. You can hear a message, but the question is me personally. What what is God saying to me? And I believe it's a time for pursuing God in in the quiet place, in the secret place, for going after him, saying, God, what do you want to do with me? What does pursuing you in this day look like for me? What are there things in my life that need to be changed around? reprioritize? You want to do something different with my time, my energies, my gifts? What are you saying, Lord, that I might be rightly positioned? That's kind of what Janet was saying, wasn't it, last week? To be ready for what you want to do. I think there, there is an examining of our hearts. I don't know about you. I think this has been going on in different ways over the last uh, weeks and months. I personally, over the last couple of months, I just feel so challenged on a lot of different uh, attitudes, things in my heart that I didn't even realize were there. Um, and I think that's what God's doing. He's bringing stuff to the surface. There's stuff that he's challenging, that, that he's saying, I'm not, this is not acceptable. For the, uh, I've had a lot of that. I've had to do a lot of repenting, I feel like. I feel that it's a season of repenting, of God pointing stuff out and saying, oh, oh, this actually needs to change. Because, but because the, because the church is God's purposes, because he needs us and wants us rightly positioned so that we can be full of his spirit and obedient and ready to do the thing he's called us to do. So be ready for God to examine your heart. Say, God, is there stuff that needs to change? Is there stuff that, that needs to be pointed out? It's the message of chapter one. Consider your ways. Don't miss the call of God to consider your ways in these days. So that brings us, in case you're worried, I wasn't going to get to the Bible. We're going to get to the Bible. 
to chapter 2. Ah, by the way, just to say, so at the end of chapter 1, the good news um, with the people that Haggai was preaching to, if you read the end of chapter 1, what you, what, what you see happening is that the people do respond. So God's Spirit stirs the people of uh, uh, the people of God, he stirs Zerubbabel, who's the governor, he stirs Joshua, who's the, um, who's the priest at the time, and he stirs them, and they begin the rebuilding. So they do that, they respond well to God and begin to reprioritize. But it's slightly more complicated than that, as it always is with the people of God, and they get easily discouraged. And so Haggai has to come around a second time in chapter 2 with his second oracle, as it's called, and that's what we're going to read this morning. So chapter 2, in the seventh month, On the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place of hosts. So what it turns, so the people respond well to the prophet's word, but it turns out there's a whole mixture of emotions going on. So some are excited about getting on with the rebuilding again and getting back to uh, the, what they had envisaged happening in the land and the, amongst the people of God. But there are others who are just so distraught because they realize that what they're now building is not a patch on the previous temple. So Solomon had built this magnificent temple, the one that that was destroyed by by the Babylonians, and it was full of gold, and it was incredibly splendid. And they realize as they begin this rebuilding that actually they 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 can't do anything to match what had gone on in the past. And so you get amongst the people of God at this point a whole mixture of emotions. Some are excited, some are happy, some are uh, are, are just discouraged. There's tears of joy, there's tears of... um, of, of sadness as well. And, and so this requires God to send the prophet Haggai to them again to say, don't be easy. It's not about the former temple. It's about actually what I want to do with you throughout history. And actually, you need to see where this whole story is ending up and where it's going. And that is the same message for us now, is it not? That actually it's so easy for us as the people of God to be discouraged by what we see. And, you know, we read in the word that we're the people of God, that we're the vehicle that he wants to use. And he wants to show his glory through us and manifest his wisdom and all of that. And we know those scriptures. But as we look around at the church, it's so easy to go. And this is what you're talking about. 
And we so get so easily discouraged and so easily put off. And that, and the, you know, we refer, we hark back to how it was in the old days or when so-and-so was around. It was, it was good then. Do you remember what the meetings used to be like in 94 or whenever it was for you? Or when the church started, oh, it was so good, wasn't it, in those days? Do you remember how we used to pray then? And, oh, and when so-and-so was around, they were so gifted. It was, oh, you know, it's so easy to do that, to do what they did with the temple, to say it was better then. But God says through the prophet, and he says to us now as well, no, 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 no. Wake up to see who you are as God's people. Wake up to see who the church is. I am with you. You are the temple that is God, the place where God dwells by his spirit. And that hasn't changed. And actually the, the direction of travel for you, people of God, is glorious. Actually, that you've seen a bit of shaking amongst the nations. That is nothing compared with the shaking that is coming, where everything that is not of God and everything that is not of his kingdom will be utterly shaken and destroyed. When he sends his son to come back again and he gathers up his bride and he creates a new heavens and a new earth for his people to live with him on forever, that is the direction of travel. It's glorious. You actually are people who are, who are set to carry that glory. Actually, you are the people that I want to manifest my glory through increasingly in the days ahead. And yes, there will be struggle. And yes, it, you will get discouraged. And yes, it won't always go the way that you, that you think. And there will be moments where you wonder if God is even here. But be brave, the word says. Be strong. Remember what I've called you to. Remember the truth about who you are. My spirit remains with you. Fear not. Look at where I'm going with this. There will be increasing shaking, but you are my special possession. And we have a treasure within us, the Bible says. The gospel is the ultimate treasure. If we've, if once we've found Jesus, our feet are on very solid ground. Amen? It doesn't always feel like that, but that's the truth. We cannot be shaken. When all, things all around us are shaking, actually, we have this treasure, the Bible says. But, but... This treasure is contained in jars of clay. Amen? We're just jars of clay. And so we go through pain and ups and downs, and it doesn't always look all shiny and like that gold temple did before. But people of God, be awake to what God wants to do with you still in that moment. Because actually, there's purpose in you being jars of clay, because the one that God really wants people to see is Jesus. Not you and me. And if we were too glorious at this point, then the attention would be on us, wouldn't it? And he wants to point it to Jesus. Amen? But he does want to use us. And he does want us to be awakened to his purposes in these days. And he does want us to pursue him that the church might truly be in our day the vehicle that he intends it to be. And he will move all sorts of things around, both nationally, I believe, internationally, amongst us, so that we might be rightly positioned because Make no mistake, he will have a bride that is glorious. He will have people come to him through the church. That's his plan. It's always been his plan. And so the, the opportunity is there for us to respond and say, okay, God, where, how do you want to position me? What is it that you want to change in me? How do you want to position me? Come and fill me with your spirit. Lord, stir me that I might pursue you, that I might be everything that you've called me to be in these days, that I might use the gifts that you've given me and that together as his people, we will be rightly positioned for him to break in in ways that we've never seen before. Amen? Those are the days that we're in, folks. Really believe that. I've been um, 
very challenged recently by reading the book of Jonah. So I've been um, looking at some of the minor prophets, as they're called, the little prophetic books towards the end of the Old Testament. And um, Jonah has been just massively challenging me because um, there's these big, big purposes of God going on all around Jonah. And um, he's called to the great city of Nineveh, as you know. But he gets so easily discouraged, so easily distracted. And you see in the last chapter of that book, the most hilarious but challenging chapter for me, which is where he's sitting under his little plant, you know, and he gets, and, and then God sends a worm to get rid of the plant. And he gets so cross about the smallest ridiculous things because he's hot or he's not quite right or the worms. And God's kind of going, but there's this great city that I want to reach and I want to use you. And by the way, Jonah is used amazingly, actually. The people respond to him, but still he's grumpy about little things that disturb his comfort. And yet there's this great city waiting to be reached. I'm like, that is so me on a lot of days where I get cross about small things and distracted by things that in the scheme of things are just not that important. And they get me so, I don't know about you, am I just... But they got me so grumpy, distracted, annoyed. But God says, I've got a great city I want to reach through you in these days. Will you only come after me, pursue me, so that I might use you in my purposes? And increasingly, I've... So as I, since I've been reading it, I've refused to call Swindon a town anymore. I know it officially is. But it's big enough to be a city, and it might not have a cathedral. And da, da, da. But this is a great city that God wants to reach And these are days where he's stirring his church that we might be rightly positioned that he could use us in this place. This is a great, I'm increasingly declaring, God, reach this great city that you've put us in. Amen. But I'm being challenged with the attitudes and the the grumpiness and the wrong heart. and, And that's part of what God is doing so that we might be in the place where he wants us to be. And it is such a key moment. Oh my goodness, it's half past 12 already. I sound like Colin. Um, but listen, I, I, the thing, I'm so li- having been to this Regions Beyond thing this week, I'm so living also with this prophetic word that is over us as a family of churches right now. And I think it's important for us to live with this because of the moment where I think God has got us uh, with the Haggai thing and with all that he's wanting to do and what he's doing in Swindon. Um, and there's this prophetic word, which hopefully you've heard, but I'm gonna, we're going to keep reading it in these days because this is where we are, uh, the, the word about us uh, coming into a new era. So this is the prophetic word that came to regions beyond our family of churches a few months ago. I believe God is not something we've experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such significant change in the mode of operation. Seasons are recognizable by those who have experienced them, them before, and you can find yourself back at the same point. A new era is something totally new. And as we heard this week, I love this, turns out yet again, surprise, surprise, that God is talking to other people about the same thing. Why am I surprised by this? But God's doing the same thing with his people. So we heard a prophetic word this week, which has come to uh, Bethel Church over in California, Bill Johnson and all that, very influential church around the world. But listen to this, that God spoke to them. I thank you, Lord. This is what their their prophetic word said to, to them. This is not just a new season, but that you are ushering us into a new era. I feel like the Lord is saying, welcome to a new era in the church of Jesus Christ. But this is going to be a time when you're going to watch me move in ways that are unprecedented. 
You'll have a compass and a roadmap from my word, but I'm about to do things in you that no other generation dared to do. You are about to watch me move through the generations as I launch people into ministry, even in their 90s. Is anyone here in their 90s today? I would have prayed. Ah, yes. Hooray, Josie, we need to pray for you, okay? That's great. At the same time, I'm going to raise up toddler prophets and evangelists and those that will walk in the gift of healing. This is a season that I'm interrupting things as I'm reestablishing what is normal in um, in the kingdom. Oh, don't you love that phrase? Doesn't that make your heart sing? I'm reestablishing what is normal in the kingdom. You see, this, do you, don't you look at church and say, mm, Bible, church, it's not quite, we're not quite there yet. There's, doesn't, but no, God wants to reestablish what is normal in the kingdom. And that is why he's stirring his church in these days. Amen? So believe that. We need to take hold of that, I believe. God wants to do something with us. And, uh, you know, what is going on in Swindon in terms of unity and people coming together, that is, that is special. That is significant. But it's because he wants to do something. Because what does the Bible say? When, when, um, when people come together in unity, he pours out his blessing. Isn't that right? Psalm 133 or John 17, Jesus' prayer, just at the crucial time before he's crucified, that God bring them together as one so that the world will know. That is so key. And that's what he's doing amongst us in Swindon. Let's not mistake, let's not miss the moment that we're in when he's stirring the church and saying, I want to do something new. I want, to, I want you to be rightly positioned. So I, I do believe, as Al was saying earlier, we believe absolutely it's a moment for prayer, for pressing into this. It's a moment for examining our hearts, for saying, God, how do you want to change things around in me, reposition me? But we need to pursue God in these days. Amen? Amen. So we're doing this week of 24-7 prayer. We're going to go after God and see what he wants to say to us. We're going to pursue him for his kingdom to break in, to be reestablished as normal uh, amongst us. Um, Only, uh, sorry about the name drop, but I I saw the bishop again yesterday, as it so happens. I know, I'm sorry, but he was just chatting about what's going on at Honda and Christians coming together across the town to pray and seek God, not only for um, employees at Honda, but also all the knock-on through the supply chain, which will be a significant thing for Swindon. But people are coming together from different churches, calling out on God, saying, again, say, saying, how can we serve those people? But also in the moment of the unsettling in the natural, God, won't you break in through your church? Actually, you always use those moments, God. So we come together as God's people. And that is an initiative that is happening right now behind the scenes. Again, I saw uh, nationally there's a call to prayer uh, at the end of this month, just with Brexit and everything, a call to three days prayer and fasting that's come from the Christians in government as well. It's happening right across. There's a a surge of people wanting to pray because of the moment that we find ourselves in. And we need to have our eyes open, people, to see what God is doing and to be stirred and to be pursuing him and prioritizing him so that he could use every one of us. Because this, this is not about leaders. This is about every one of God's people rising up, being what we're called to be, being stirred, pursuing him, saying, God, what do you want to do through me in these days? Because he's on the move. He is on the move. And so, yeah, that's where we are. Listen, let's close our eyes. Um, I just want us to respond and pray. You know, the Honda strapline is the power of dreams. And maybe some of those have been a bit shattered amongst us. But 
actually, as God's people, we're called to dream. And there's some dreams in our hearts. There's some dreams in us individually, but there's dreams in us as God's people in Swindon as well and across this nation that we would see a new day that we haven't seen before where God would truly begin to break in. And so it's time to dream. It's time to pursue him, I believe. It's time to examine our hearts, consider our ways, uh, to prioritize, as was the call to the people in Haggai's day, to prioritize the glorifying of God in our lives, whatever that looks like, to prioritize God. So what I'd love to do is, uh, if, you're, if you're with me in, this, in saying in these days, I, I want to do that. I want to go after God. I want to go after God. In the, I want him to stir me by his spirit. I want to pursue him. I want to be, and I'm ready. Don't miss this. I'm ready to, for you to reposition me and change things around, challenge me on stuff so that I might be the vehicle that you want me to be. If you're, if you're saying that this morning, I don't want you to do this just because everybody else is, but would you stand with me and let's uh, ask God to fill us with his spirit. The, the, the message to us this morning from Haggai 2 is be strong, okay? So if you've got things in your heart right now, be strong. If there's things you know God's called you to, fear not in these days, pursue them. Know that God is with you. Be filled with the Spirit of God and take heart about the things that God's put on your heart, okay? It's the days for, for being confident in what God wants to do with us as his people. Taking some risks, going after him. Father, we pray today, Lord. I pray for all of my brothers and sisters standing before you now, Lord. I pray that you would fill us today with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for the anointing of your power to come upon us, Lord, that we might be rightly positioned in these days as you want us. Lord, that we might prioritize your glory, your, the building of your house, the advance of your kingdom. Lord, whatever that takes in our own lives and the things that we might have to change, Lord, we pray that you would come and provoke us and encourage us and strengthen us by your spirit. I pray that dreams that have laid dormant would rise up again in people, Lord. I pray that you give us confidence and boldness. Break fear off us, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we say, Lord, raise up your church in these days. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. And Lord, I bless you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I bless you with uh, the revelation of God in your daily walk now, this, this week and in the days ahead, that he would speak in new ways, that he'd stir you, that you might be uh, provoked to pursue him, and that you might encourage one another to do that as well. Lord, we say, be glorified in your church in our day. And Lord, we pray a special blessing on Josie this morning and on Robert, Lord. We say, Lord, won't you bless them Lord, won't your, your spirit be upon them, your hand be upon them. Won't you do them good? Lord, won't you use them in these days? Father, we thank you for them in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.